We are the clay. Title of today's message is, it's where there is no growth, there is no life. Could have been backwards too, where there is no life, there is no growth. Today we're talking about growing in Christ, you know, which got me to thinking about growing older. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians today, we're going to be in chapter 2. You know, no one after 30 likes to hear that they're growing older, at least in my experience. But growing older has some benefits to it. And so here's a little list I came across that I'm going to give you those benefits. There's nothing left anymore to learn the hard way. Things that you buy now probably won't wear out. Your supply of brain cells is finally down to a manageable size. You no longer think of the speed limit as a challenge. Your investment in health insurance starts to pay off. You can quit trying to hold in your stomach no matter who walks into the room. Some of you have done that. Your secrets are safe with your friends because they can't remember them either. You begin to sing along with elevator music. Your joints are more accurate than the meteorologist on the TV. Your eyes can't grow too much worse. Kidnappers are not interested in you. And when people call you at 9 p.m., the first thing they ask is, did I wake you up? That happened to me last week, by the way. And yes, they did. All right. You can get into a heated argument about pension plans. And you get to eat dinner at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. In a hostage situation, you are the most likely to be released first. And no one expects you to run anywhere. And you are no longer viewed as a hypochondriac. Today we're back in the book of 1 Corinthians. And this book was written in the early 50s during Paul's secondary missionary journeys. Opposition grew fierce there. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision, assuring him that God had many people in the city. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, and it reads, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God." For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. 
nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we come here today. Lord, we've come into this building that has been set aside for you, for us to worship you, and that's what it's all about. Lord, we know that this is the point in the service where you give us your word. You give us what we need. Lord, I ask that you would forgive us all of, any, of anything, according to 1 John 1 and 9, any sin, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we stand here and we say, Lord, we receive from you your word. Help us to put it into practice on a daily basis. And for me, Lord, help me to speak it truthfully, boldly, and without error. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross for our sake, that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. In Jesus' mighty name, the strong Son of God. And the people said, Amen. As Christians, we're supposed to grow in Christian maturity, knowledge, and skill in sharing the gospel. First of all, we're supposed to grow in Christian maturity. 1 Corinthians 2.6 says, However, we speak wisdom. Remember, we talked about wisdom a lot. Among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now we've talked a lot about wisdom and heavenly wisdom versus earthly wisdom, which is, by the way, is no wisdom at all, uh, a lot lately. Why? Because why is it no wisdom at all? Because it does not come from God. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now Paul tells us in our scripture here in 1 Corinthians, he tells us that the wisdom that is from above is for those who are mature. But he does not speak of those who are mature in the flesh. You see, we're talking about spiritual things here. He's talking about those who are mature in the things of God and of life. Now, I've met people who are in their 20s, and I've met people who are in their 80s, and everybody in between. And I can tell you, by the way they live their lives, I can tell you 
whether or not they are, one of, first of all, Christians at all. Second of all, whether they're mature Christians. They've not put what the Scripture says into practice. Oh, they may come to church on Sunday, but when Scripture says to not swindle someone, for example, they turn around and do that. I learned in the early 2000s, never take your car to a mechanic who's got a Jesus fish on the door. He's going to cost you more than you would have anywhere else. That's sad to say. But that's been my experience. Of course, today, nobody's putting a Jesus fish on anything because if you align yourself with the church, they, they think you're nuts. We'll get to that. You know what the problem is with people like that, of these kinds of people? They have taken Christianity and they've compartmentalized it. Here's what I do on Sunday. Here's what I do on Monday. Church is just something they do, not lived. Church is something they do but they do not live by the Word of God. When I look at someone like this, I'm glad they go to church. I really am. But I'm saddened that they are self-deceived. And they think they are mature, and they're not. And some of them aren't even saved. People who live in immorality and show that immorality to others, yet feel no shame about it or no conviction about it, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they don't know Jesus Christ. Because the Spirit convicts us of sin. That's one of his jobs. But what about those who are kind of stuck on the milk of the Word, so to speak? They haven't moved on beyond the elementary principles of Christ. Yes, there are true Christians who don't know any better. Why? Because they don't read God's Word. Much less study it. And what they do read, they don't like. So they throw it out. They're like toddlers. Or if you're in my, my house right now, a puppy. Running from place to place and never really realizing what they're doing, nor do they listen. They ignore what God says. They just continue on. They continue on saying and doing what they've always done. Don't tell me I shouldn't be doing that. I don't, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Because if I know, then I'll be accountable. Their mantra is, ignorance is bliss. But they've forgotten what Hosea says in chapter 4, verse 6. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since your priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priests. And since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. Now this was specifically to the Israelites at the time, but it still holds in the principle. In the New Testament, guess what? Those who are believers are called priests. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. We are called to be mature Christians. Hebrews 5.12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. 
But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We live today in what's called the 21st century, and we have access to not just the Scripture in our own language, but to multiple translations, dictionaries, lexicons, commentaries, all for free. For us to still be babes in Christ, there's no excuse in this day and age. Martin Luther, Zwingli, I always get his name wrong, Zwingli, and John Calvin would have loved to have had access to the amount of study tools that we have today when it comes to Scripture. They didn't have that access. No, the problem today is not a lack of tools or a lack of teachers or a lack of preachers, even though those things do lack. The problem today is that the Christian in the pew doesn't want to grow up in Christ. It's a lack of priorities. If you want to grow up in Christ, then you need to make Scripture one of the largest priorities of your life. As well as prayer. 1 Corinthians 2.7 says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What is this mystery? Oh, we got a lot of people today saying, I know the mysteries of God. No, this mystery's already been shown. This mystery is not something that still remains a mystery to us today who are in Christ. Anyone who says they've been given a word from God, that they have to restore something that's lost to the church or lost to the Bible, that word better be backed up by the truth of Scripture or it is no word at all. But it's either a twisting of Scripture by their demented minds or it comes from a demonic source, one or the other. The mystery that Paul has in mind here is the restored personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You, dear brother, you, dear sister, you have the opportunity today to know Christ personally. But you can't know Him if you're not in the Scripture. Because that's where you'll find Him, is in the Scripture. If they had known this, if they had known that they were crucifying God in the flesh, they wouldn't have done it. How amazing it is for us today that God, while we were yet sinners, still died for you and for me. He paid a debt he didn't know. I owed it. You owed it. But he paid it. In our scripture today, that is the mystery that at this time in history has been revealed. At no other time has God been so personally close to us since the fall. No other time, yet we take it for granted. Speaking of knowledge and knowing things, I got a little story for you. A recent college graduate visits a farm one day. Now, he had graduated with a degree in farming or whatever it is. And he approaches this old farmer and points to one of the trees and he says, 
You know, with the methods you old farmers use, I'd be surprised if you could get one bushel of apples from that tree, says the guy. I'd be too, the farmer answers. That's a peach tree. You can't know what you're talking about unless you know what you're talking about. You can't say, know Jesus, unless you know Jesus. You can't say, know Jesus, unless you're in His Word and applying it daily. And secondly, Christians are supposed to grow in knowledge and understanding. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, for what man knows the things of a man, except the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Someone always says, and I've heard it, but pastor, I can't understand the Bible. My answer is pretty much the same most of the time. The answer is that's why he's given us ministers and teachers and pastors to help us along. Not that we just take their word for it, but we use them as a resource in our learning and growing in Christ. Folks, if I say something from the pulpit and I say something that doesn't hit right with you, maybe I said it wrong. You need to be enough in your Bible that you can say, Pastor, I think you're wrong here. And then I can say, oh, I didn't explain it the way I should have. Don't just take what the guy at the pulpit says as gospel. There's only one gospel. There's only one scripture. Use it. It is the Holy Spirit who will guide us into all truth. The Spirit searches all things to illuminate the truth to our minds. At no other time have we enjoyed such that close relationship with God. At no other time, even after the cross, have we enjoyed having the Scriptures in our own language. You see, the Catholic Church, for a long time, they said the layman can't understand the Scriptures. Which I always found funny, because they would say the Scriptures have to be in Latin, but they were originally written in Greek and Hebrew, and some Aramaic. That made no sense to me. It is the Holy Spirit who guides us. Yet, when we think about God, the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us, who lives in us, we treat Him as a trite thing. Something that, hey, that's no big deal. We all got the Holy Spirit. Let's move on. Um, Do you think God is offended by that? I think He is. If I were God, I would be. He's a lot more patient than I would be, though. I'd probably slap somebody in the back of the head. God ain't done that yet. He's patient. But when he's had enough, he's like a mama who's had enough. But if we would just rely on the Holy Spirit as we read the Word, 
then we would find that the truth of His Word would be illuminated to us. Something that we must remember is that the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. He ain't Star Wars. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is God. So what does the Holy Spirit do for us? Well, Jeremiah 31 tells us some of it. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we have fellowship with God the Holy Spirit. Because of His work illuminating the Scriptures to our minds and renewing our minds daily, we know God. Why are Christians not happy about that? Why are we not more thankful of that than we are? Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the average American Christian doesn't read or study God's Word, period, for themselves. You know, there's a group of people that we should seek to imitate, and they're called the Bereans. We find them in Acts chapter 17, verse 10, and it says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. You see that? They searched the Scriptures daily. They didn't take Paul's word for it. They said, we take God's word for it. And they searched the Scriptures daily. And it says, and therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Gentiles, prominent women as well as men. Did you know that it is a command to study the Scripture? Did you know that? We always talk about the Scripture, well, I should do that, but it's commanded that we study the Scripture. And if something is commanded to not do it is sin. Remember what it says, to him who knows to do good, and does not do it to him it is sin. We find that in the book of James when we went through James. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing. Speaking of knowledge that will increase your knowledge, here's some... Um, some things that will definitely increase your knowledge. I've got some questions for you. What do you call something that runs but never gets anywhere? A refrigerator. Ah, that's a bad one. 
What do you call something that's easy to get into but hard to get out of? Trouble or sin. What do you do to get a robot mad? Push all of its buttons. And lastly, we need to grow in sharing the good news. Grow in sharing the good news. 1 Corinthians 2.13 These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual... But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ." The preaching and teaching of the Scripture, especially the mystery of the Gospel, is not something that can just be caught and then truly understood without the Holy Spirit. You need God to understand it. It's something the natural man cannot fathom. What most people see on TV about Christianity is unfortunately what we call the word faith movement. And that's all they know. And guess what? That's no Christianity at all. It is an abomination, a perverse way of thinking that when brought out to its final conclusion does not lead you to salvation. Why? Because it is selfishness clothed in religious language. If this is all that people see about Christians, no wonder Christianity has left a bad taste in their mouths. I got news for you. The world and the people in it think that Christians are archaic, bigoted, And stupid. They think we're foolish, to say the least. They call what we do here every Sunday a practice in mythology and futility. You ever wonder why? Because the gospel and the things of God are foolishness to the natural man. They are spiritual and can only be discerned spiritually through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. They do not understand it, nor can they, until they are born again. We find this in John chapter 3, verse 1. I call it Nick at night. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The people of this world judge the gospel, and they judge us along with it, but they have no idea what they are judging. Their eyes are closed. They need Jesus so that their eyes may be opened and that they could truly judge spiritual things. But how, the, how can that happen? How can they know Jesus if we don't tell them? How if you don't tell them? 
Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We know that scripture really well. We forget what it says after that. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. How can they go? How can they know if you don't discuss it? You ever thought about that? I'll tell you something. A person who first comes to Jesus Christ, man, they are like wildfire. They're telling everybody they know. They find out real quick not everybody wants to know. But they know they're supposed to tell them, and they do. We need to get back to that. We've gotten away from that. Let me tell you something. We have preached far too long from the pulpit. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. No, Scripture says use words. You better be living the gospel, but you better use your words too. Well, that's what D.L. Moody said. Go read it in its context. That's not what he said. That's take ripped out of context. He said, practice what you preach. We have preached far too long what we call friendship evangelism. Well, I'm going to befriend this person. And then one day I'm going to drop on them after I know them about Jesus. Um, If you're a Christian, they should know there's something wrong with you or different about you from their perspective wrong with you when they meet you. They should know you're not like everybody else. You don't talk like everybody else. You don't act like everybody else. You don't think like everybody else. You think like Jesus. You talk about Jesus. You act like Jesus. And then, that talk, they can hear it. Jesus. I don't want to hear any more about Jesus. I don't want to hang out with you. That's fine, but you're going to hear about Jesus when I'm around. You know, I didn't, when I was was working in in the secular world, now I work at a Christian school and preach here. But uh, when I was working at a secular shop, so to speak, when it was Bright House and not Spectrum, I was the only Christian in the whole shop. I got to praying, Lord, send some Christians or help me convert them. And he did both. They knew I was different. And they said, what? I had... I had one person said, why are you always hung up about Jesus? I said, because he's my Savior. Here, let's walk through it. They didn't want to hear anymore. But they knew if they come in near me, they're going to hear about Jesus. Especially because I know they're not saved. 
You know what happened? By the time I left, there was at least 10, at least 10 of us out of, out of 40 that were Christians. One man was a minister who had quit. He said, I don't know how you do it. You work here, you're associate pastor there, you get your master's degree. I don't know how you do it all. I said, I got a wonderful wife. And you know what else? I got Jesus. He didn't want to hear it because he had walked away. Do you know what happened? He came back to Christ. You know what else happened? He went back into ministry. Praise the Lord. You are called to be different. So be different. Be who Christ wants you to be. Grow in Christian maturity. Grow in your knowledge and your understanding. And share the gospel. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. Share the gospel. As the ladies come for our invitation song, let me ask you a question. And this should not be hard for you, but it may be. If you're a Christian, whether here online on the live stream or, or whether you're listening to it recorded, when's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Well, I just don't know how to work in Jesus. You need to get on your hands and knees. You need to fire a God back in your life. That should be what's always around. You want, you're not looking for an opportunity to share Jesus. You, you're, you're taking it. When's the last time you shared Jesus with anybody? Number one. Number two, if you don't know Jesus, now's a good time to get to know Him. Guess what? We're all sinners. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. To us is that. 6.23 says... But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, His Son. And we just read 10.13 out of Romans. All those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be made new. If you haven't done that, you just need to say, Jesus, I don't even know what I'm supposed to pray, but I need you. You know what? That's enough. That's enough to start your relationship. If you'd like to join this church by letter, by statement, by baptism, or if you'd like special prayer, I'm up here at the front for you as we stand and sing the song. Miss Joe.